How do you think this show's going to be today without Mike? I think it'll be pretty pretty fine. We have to have well, you know, sports teams usually have like a next man up mentality, but we didn't put anyone on the bench. <laughs> I know. So we're we're like we're a man down. Yeah, I don't know. Mike's kind of on the bench. He's in a bench in Europe. How do you know he's on a bench? He's in Europe and there are benches all over Europe, but what do you do you know something I don't? No, I don't. I'm just. Oh, good. Mike I got a little worried that Mike was giving you <laughs> vacation updates and not me. I don't know why. I should stop being so <laughs> petty. <laughs> well, Mike just seems the type to go and like sit on a bench in a park and just kind of chill and just relax for like an hour. Definitely, I've known him to do that, and I've uh, dare I say taught him to do that in certain places in Chicago. He'll he'll fully argue this point, but that's the beauty of him not being here. So we can make like accusations and and we can even tell stories that aren't true and uh build around the legend of mike without him having to say anything back he can't dispute anything he murdered somebody once and never got caught well we probably shouldn't put that one out there (laughs) right away dude you gotta build to stuff (laughs) okay uh he committed no no everybody everybody knows our (laughs) final card now it's okay well someday everybody will tell you about the time mike murdered someone but you will hear him on this podcast i think so here's the deal um actually josh i don't know how we can describe mike's vacation together i'm gonna stop at a certain phrase and you just fill it in it'll make sense okay you want me to fill it in yeah yeah we'll we'll describe mike's vacation together we have to be a lot more like in sync if it's going to be a two-man show for the first time okay mike will be back everyone don't don't worry this isn't permanent like we know he's your favorite i get it but like <laughs> just cope with us for what will probably be two to three episodes but okay so here we go he's gonna call in for one and then we'll we'll get a guest we'll we'll get a guest for at least one of these next two i definitely did a poor job telling you what i was trying to do with that fill in the sentence game that we were about to play because you just described it all oh. so yes mike, <laughs> we're gonna try mike is on vacation uh in europe with his fam and he's going to try to call in with like, I guess like a two or three minute segment about his travels. Let's see what he's like as a travel journalist. And we'll probably put that either smack dab in the middle of this episode or like at the end. I don't know. Uh, it's still pending him actually doing it. But uh, yeah, for the next few weeks, we're just going to try stuff out until he comes home. And, you know, it feels uh, it feels normal again. So all I ask is that our listeners bear with us for the next few weeks because i feel like this show will be lower in quality like i want to set expectations properly you are the worst partner in anything (laughs) i'm i'm just saying who goes into a doubles match looks at their partner and goes i guess we're fucked (laughs) (laughs) well if you're used to playing triples and that's why people come and like the triple is the you know the williams triplet and well that would also make us williams triplets like i don't know mike man this is (laughs) tough usually mike saves you when you're drowning like this but i'm just kind of observing yeah first of all triples tennis is the worst idea i think i'm sure someone will dispute this or i mean maybe it could be a new thing we do how about this when mike comes back now i kind of want to play triples tennis we'll see if he's interested and if it's legit we'll find another triplet group to go up against yeah okay does that help you does that save you in this case yeah thanks for throwing me that lifeline that was very mike like of you 
it's just what good teammates do. I need you to learn about, like, what it means to be on a team. We've done this show for over a year. Yeah. You're usually the one that's, like, shitting on us, though. Well, Jesus, don't put out my business in everyone's face right away again. Not literally. I know I'm not literally shitting on anyone's faces. This is going to be rough. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. You're listening to Instead of, a hypothetical podcast with Josh Harrison, Tappan Johnny, and usually Mike Bogart, but he is in Europe. My song sounded a little like Batman, though. <laughs> I know. I'm really excited uh, for Mike to listen to this because my favorite part of editing was like when I went to the bathroom and I got like three minutes of just you and Tappan talking without even trying to do a segment. You and Ta- Are you talking to Mike directly right now? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes. Actually, you know what? You just made a direct comment to somebody. I'm going to make a direct comment to someone. It's my first ever, what do you call it when you make a mistake in journalism and you have to like rectify that mistake? What's that called? Redaction? I guess it's a redaction. I'm not taking it out. I'm like replacing it. Oh. Um, I don't know. Mis- ed- error. Error fixer. <laughs> cool. Great. Error fixer. Let me, be a, let me do my first error fixer segment real quick. Uh, last week, I told you all of this wonderful squirt gun game that happened at my high school. Correction! <laughs> You're issuing a correction. <laughs> yep. Thanks for thanks for remembering that. <laughs> so, squirt gun game. I credited the person who, like, took me down to be the wrong person. It was not Bryce. Bryce was actually in charge of the game overall, I think. It was my buddy Kevin, who I recently hung out with, actually. Nice. And, and I, ha- I have a story to tell you from that. Okay, I'd love to hear it. So I have lived in a town called Naperville, Illinois. I lived there from like eighth grade through high school, and then we moved into kind of like a Chicago neighborhood, kind of. It's Jefferson Park. It's far off. And then we moved out to Schaumburg, Illinois. Totally different suburb. All right? Yeah. My cousins, for whom I think like we picked Chicago as a city to move to, like we had family here, uh, they lived in a town called Warrenville, Illinois, which is like the direct neighbor. <laughs> neighbor. The direct neighbor of Naperville, Illinois. Okay. Are you with me? Yes. I have been to Warrenville, Illinois probably 10,000 times in my life, if not more. Like, I have spent summers there. I've, I've, I used to play on the Warrenville Park District basketball team, fun fact, even though I lived in Naperville because my cousin was on that team. Nice. And other fun fact, I scored zero points the whole season. <laughs> I think that might have been me the one year that I played basketball, too. We got something in common. Oh, no shit. Did you ever get to the foul line? I got there once. I took two shots and missed them both. I don't think so. The only thing I remember about that season was we had one person on the team that was also equally bad. And for the second half of the game, when you switch sides, he forgot we switched sides. And he got the ball. And he just did a runaway, like... No. All the way down, and one of the like the most perfect layup that a fifth grader could possibly do <laughs> onto the wrong basket. <laughs> he crushed that shot. It was perfect. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. No, we had a 
our coach's son was like a phenom on our team. So the game plan oh. was just pass it to Jake. So we did pass it to Jake. And then like with three games to go in the season, the coach quit because oh. he was getting too frustrated with how the refs were calling our games, I think. Wow. It was like a really terrible lesson to teach young children in retrospect. <laughs> When things get tough, just quit. Even if you're responsible for others, just you can leave at any time. Uh, good lesson. But anyway, the reason I mentioned Warrenville, Illinois, is that in order to get from Naperville to Warrenville, there's like one corner that you round that I, I've always just remembered. It's been Al's Pizza forever. It's just like this like background building that I'm used to that like I – you could ask me if that door opens and that there's a restaurant in there, and I would have not been able to answer you because I've never been in there. Okay. It's one of those places in your life that you just go by a million times, and you've never, ever, like, actually explored its reality. It's like a Grand Theft Auto background building. Okay. Oh, my God. Al's Pizza is, like, the most Chicago one place in Warrenville, and I love it so much. <laughs> I counted four Budweiser neon signs in the bars where we were sitting and everyone was just chilling, watching sports, and we were waiting for pizza from the other side of the house, which was the restaurant half, and we were in the bar half. It was amazing. Perfect. And it was just such a wonderful, wonderful thing, and it made me think that now that I've got all this time on my hands, I'm just going to walk around into places that like I've walked past and never walked into. So my instead of was instead of Al's Pizza for me, What's a place you're going to walk into this week that you've always walked by and that you've always been like a little curious about? Oh, good question. I should go to that bakery that's down the street from me. Which one is that? Seawolf. I'm kind of giving up exactly where I live here. Uh, but yeah. You didn't have uh, to say it was where you lived. You could have said it was where you worked. <laughs> I mean, it is where I worked. Uh, no, that's fine. <laughs> there are enough people that live around here. <laughs> anyway you sound disappointed like you gave up a secret but you haven't even been inside i know i know well it's more that like i'm giving up the secret of where i live like if we have stalkers then then i'm in trouble here come on we're not who who could care about us that much i'm telling you if we hit it big in like three or four months and we blow up and we get like tens of billions of fans three or four months what do you think is about to happen is there something i don't know about I don't know. Think like think about what happens if we as one of our instead ofs just like uncover like a true crime thing or something. That's you know, that's been the new hotness for years now. Everybody would be like, "Oh, they solved this crime, this mystery," and then everybody would download our podcast. <laughs> but dude, people try to solve that crime. <laughs> yeah, and some I'm sure that somebody has solved a crime accidentally before. Anyway, are you are you sure of that? <laughs> I think that just happens in movies and stuff. I think people generally try to find out what happened in crimes. Well, I'm not doubting that some people do. I'm saying that there has to have been at least one mystery in history. That... Oh, my God. Okay, so if you get t slain down, slain down, taken down, yeah. slain, how do I say? Iced. If someone ices you by the bakery... The first place I'll think to look is whoever listens to this show, okay? So I promise you that. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's a, it's a bakery that's supposed to be really good, and I walk by it all the time, but I usually don't head out for breakfast that often, and if I do, there's another cafe that I really like that's only like a block or two away, and it's one of those like, 
I don't know, I could try this bakery that's supposed to be good, but I usually go with the sure thing. So I should I should branch out. Yeah, I mean, goddamn, you feel passionate about bakeries, man. <laughs> well, the other one isn't a bakery. The 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 Stoneway Cafe. Shout out, they make an amazing chorizo breakfast burrito. Now, if anyone needed a second point of reference <laughs> for where you live, you got it. I know Seawolf is a pretty unique name, but it's entirely possible there was another one of those. Just look for the one by Stoneway. <laughs> yeah. Genius. Mm-hmm. Truly genius. Oh, dude, did I ever tell you about the time that I went out with a woman who worked at a bakery? No. Dude, it was the greatest. So in my like half Seinfeldian dating life that I've had, I've met a lot of wonderful people from a lot of wonderful occupations. And the coolest one, one of the coolest ones was this girl who worked at, uh, I'm not going to say the name of the bakery for <laughs> the you know protection of her identity and whatnot. But yeah, like as on our first couple of dates, she would just bring back stuff from like the bakery and it was incredible. Oh, that's amazing. Was she a baker? Uh, I think she knew how to bake, but I have no idea if that's what she was doing. Because I think at that type of bakery, you have to like work your way up. Oh, wow. You have to rise to the top, as it were. <laughs> Has anybody ever been asked to be called Yeast as a as a nickname? Right before you said that, the thought I had was, and this is the part where Mike comes in and we can close out a segment before going too long. <laughs> and then you fucking asked me if anybody's ever been asked to be called Yeast. <laughs> Good cutoff point. Next segment. <laughs> Oh, snap. What? Oh, snap. What? Breaking news. What? Uh, while you were searching for your story, I was looking at Instagram, duh. <laughs> and I just, I, I found some wonderful news. What? God, I don't know if I could say their names. Shout out. I know you guys listen to this. Shout out to both of you for just getting engaged in Paris. Oh, that happened. That happened. Yeah. Cheers. Oh, this picture is so nice. Well, now I got to go look. Oh, there's another one. There's another one. Now I got. I see what they did. The couple posted, they each posted their favorite ring picture. And so now they have two good ring pictures out there. Nicely done. Oh. Cheers. Shout out. Shout out. Sorry. I, I would have totally said your names, but I didn't know if you were, you know, clearly identity theft has become a theme of like this missing Mike episode. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, if you want me to, I can re-shout you out later. But congrats, that's awesome. Oh, nice. I'm happy for him. So what's your topic, Josh? Well, I mean, it's not as exciting as that. I want to talk about marketing. <laughs> <laughs> we talk a lot about marketing. We talk a lot about brands and slogans and naming things. I got to say, you were you did a good job making people forget about what we were just talking about by hammering down three marketing things. Yeah. So... Do you know what Sprite's new slogan is? Sprite's new slogan. Okay, well, that's, first of all, I'm a little surprised, you know, that this happened without my knowledge. Yeah. So how long has it not been Obey Your Thirst? I don't know. I noticed it for the first time. Was that Sprite ever? Yeah, that was Sprite's last one, at least the last one that I remember, and I think they had that for a number of years. Dude, now that thirst means something different in the vernacular, it's a hell of a mission <laughs> to give for someone. Uh, Get out there and bang everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Sprite. Perfect. <laughs> that would probably help them sell their shit. Yeah, I'm sure. Anyway, go on. Isn't Doesn't Nabisco have like America's favorite snack on something too? Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Anyway. Is that is that Oreo? Chips Ahoy? Oh, that's America's favorite cookie is Oreo, I think. No, that's Milk's favorite cookie. That's a good slogan. 
See, you can't say that shit, Milk's favorite cookie. <laughs> you talk to Milk? I mean, like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, like, don't tell me that. Don't represent Milk. Maybe they did. Who are, who are they you? They did not talk to Milk. <laughs> okay. Anyway, back to Sprite. Their current slogan is, Want a Sprite? Oh, that's about right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll take a Sprite. That's the... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a, no, no, I love that. I love that. Give me a sprite. No, because that, like, I don't know. A good slogan is something that needs to match the product in some way. Like, you Dude, could use your that. Your mouth for- is literally watering for sprite. I can hear no. it. You just, you just gulped. You want a sprite? I get it. No, I. I got- this is just like Fanta. They took the idea. They stole it. Oh, wow, yeah, they totally did. I didn't even think of that one. I'm just, like, you could do this. You didn't think of that one. <laughs> I thought you were all in the business of marketing. This is like a close, comparable product. I know. It's always just Coke, Sprite, Fanta, Dr. Pepper. <sighs> I know the ones I skipped, people. Don't write me. <laughs> Don't at me, please. Like, you could just do this for anything. Want a BMW? Hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You gonna give me a BMW? Hell yeah. No, you gotta buy it just like you gotta buy your goddamn Sprite. Oh, um, okay. I guess I have enough pocket change for a Sprite right now. Thanks for reminding me that I wanted a Sprite. Well, so I was going to, like, (laughs) pose the, the challenge for us to come up with a better slogan for them or for any other soda brand. Maybe even Diet Coke, since I know you love your Diet Coke so much. But, uh, apparently you think... You think Sprite is good, so maybe that's what we'll do. Let's do Diet Coke. No, let's let's leave Diet Coke out of this. Just bring in some stranger. Why? I, I'm too attached. <laughs> that's all the more reason that you should come up with something that you're passionate about. Will you stop pushing this? <laughs> I wish I wish Tab was the same as like Enter or Next because it would have been such a perfect pun to say right now. Yeah. Tab. I'm I'm putting a tab on this. No, see, it, it fucking sucks. Anyway, let's pick a non-Diet Coke drink. Okay. What about Coke Zero? Because Coke Zero is that one that's like, I mean, I think oh, yeah, that... What's their slogan? I don't know what their slogan is, but I've heard that they try and market it towards men because diet as a word is something that is marketed more towards women. Oh, weird. Yeah. How come they don't just make the slogan the word Coke and then the O into a zero? Isn't that like kind of just the thing that's waiting to happen? A little bit. That would make it like leet speak gamer drink, though. And they already have that kind of stuff. Like Mountain Dew. They do? And, well, you know, maybe not them. Yeah, but what are, are gamers drinking Coke Zero? Probably not. I don't know. I'm just, say, I'm just, I'm just saying. The idea is now out there. Okay. Because Zero Coke. <laughs> I hate when companies do that. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had a username that had numbers for letters? I don't think so. What was your first username ever? Like, what was your first AIM screen name? Sorry, I'm just thinking about how numbers for letters sounds like the worst charity of all time. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great for a literacy charity. <laughs> the numbers are money. <laughs> Oh God, they did. They don't teach kids one letter at a time. <laughs> they did. I learned. That's how I learned uh, cursive. It was like I learned like five letters at a time. <laughs> you want to get to E? It's gonna be five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you 
You learned cursive five letters at a time? I, I don't know if it was actually five, but I remember like I didn't learn the whole alphabet all at once. I guess that makes sense. Do you know if they were in order at least? They were not. It was like the ones that most closely <laughs> represented the other letters. Because there are some, like, you know, you got... Like what? Like what? Like a U and a W? Yeah, like a, a U and the E and an M and an N and the A. All of those, it's like, it's basically the same thing. You're just like drawing a little squiggle to connect them. But then you have some that's like the Z. The Z is a real weird one. I don't know. And then uh, the other letters that we that we learned later were uh, like I and J and T. Because those, you need to remember to come back. What do you mean you need to remember to come back? What does that mean? Because you don't like, you know, dot your I's and cross your T's when you are writing that individual letter. You finish the word and then you go back and do it. What's with that? Doesn't that seem like a move of frustration for whoever invented this language? Yeah. It's like they drew the L again in cursive and they're like, I already have one of those and just cut out a line and made it a T. <laughs> yeah. The I is just a tiny version of that. It's like, that looks like an E and they just put a dot right above it. Like... <laughs> The dots and the crosses don't really make very much sense. Everything else is one fluid motion. Yeah, but it, like they're supposed to at least somewhat resemble the, the printed letters. And those have like separate things. I mean that even when... the I'm not talking about the guy who worked upon like an existing alphabet. <laughs> I'm talking about the person who came up, like, came up with it initially. Oh. Do you think cursive or printed letters came first? I mean, everything I've ever seen in history books is written in cursive, so I'm going to guess that. Yeah, that's true. Writing was like a whole thing. Have you ever seen Arabic written out? Uh, I don't think so. It is among the most beautiful things that you'll see in terms of just like artwork. Forget that it's a language. Forget that people are communicating. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Like I've seen it in text form uh, like printed on a computer screen but i've never i don't think i've ever seen it handwritten i have a way to end this segment but it doesn't require very much explanation okay what's the weirdest keyboard you've ever used around the world um when i was in it was somewhere in europe i don't remember exactly what it was but it, i just remember it being really different and i had to constantly look down <laughs> Isn't it great that it could just like devices on this earth exist and are used by other people that'll make you feel like you're back in third grade again? Like they'll just break you down. You're, you don't you don't know how to type. You know how to type on this keyboard. That's the reality of typing. Well, I know what you mean, dude. I was in France at the Louvre and for some reason there was a computer and I was looking up something about art and I was trying to be like happy and cool and fucking everything. All of a sudden I was typing like J H X R and I'm like, <laughs> what is this? And I looked down and for some reason their keyboard is arranged totally differently. I just, I thought that was so, I thought, I thought we came up with the keyboard at an advanced enough age that we could all agree on like what letter should be in what order, but I guess not. <laughs> Do you look at your list of stuff and wish Mike was here for some of this? Yes. Oh, man. You know what? Hey, Mike, since Josh already directly addressed you in some sort of like, I don't know, friendship plea. Listen, if you're listening right now, I need your input on the next topic. So I know you've never come prepared. <laughs> but if you could just have this answer when you're back, I would be very curious about it. So. A lot of good material from Warrenville, Illinois, this week. Uh, I also learned the following bit of information about my friend's dad. Uh, apparently, 
He is a master fruit carver who's been like featured on the Food Network. Okay. And was also part of the small team, get this, that came up with stuffed crust pizza. Whoa. Isn't that like a crazy career? Yeah. So here's the incentive I came up with. Mike, pay attention. I know you stopped listening already. Listen again. <laughs> if you won my friend's dad's food carving services for an evening with guests, <laughs> what would you ask him to carve into what fruit medium? I know Mike, like Mike wants to answer this right away. It depends why I'm having people over. Well, why don't you tell me why you're having people over? Okay. Remember the nature of the show? Okay, let's see. I am having people over to celebrate... Hmm. I just won a fruit carving competition. Oh. Wait, you won the fruit carving competition? I did. And to celebrate it, I want your friend's dad to carve me a trophy into okay a pineapple because it's already kind of shaped as like a vertical thing mm. a little bit you could make like the you're not, the leaves. You're not, you're not really uh stretching that imagination there are you so tell me as a fruit carving champion what was your uh uh-huh. how'd you win that competition because right now it sounds it just sounds like you uh just look at regular fruits and just kind of <laughs> Take a stab at them and, and hope that people believe that they look like existing items. I made a Jaws shark out of a watermelon. Holy shit. Okay, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Like how? So I basically, I carved, I cut, I cut the bottom of it off. So like if I'm holding it kind of vertically so that it would like fall on its side if I let go, I cut off the bottom of that so it's going to kind of sit flat. And then I carved a mouth, and because the inside is all red, it looks all bloody and everything. And then I took little strawberries and carved them into little tiny surfers um, and made them, like, sticking out of its mouth and stuff. And then I made the fin out of a... There are no flat fruits out there, you guys! What? Jesus Christ, dude. (laughs) Is there a flat Look, fruit I have to, anywhere? This is the exact thing I'm trying to remind you. You have a knife. A knife can cut most fruit into flat fruit. Use your <laughs> imagination as a carver of fruit. Okay, fine. I'm going... Don't try to live with the existing form. Okay. I'm going to make a fin out of a pear. Okay. And... So that that was my appetizer fruit carving. My main course. That's a, that's a really violent thing to <laughs> enter into a competition, don't you think? Um, kind of, but it's impressive violence. And people go, "What do you call it? What do you call it?" Jaws. All right. <laughs> of <Someone's>... life. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, it's the jaws of life, and it's kind of this juxtaposition between this violence, but it also reminds us of about how special life truly is. How? Because we haven't died to a shark attack yet. <laughs> so are you suggesting that the movie Jaws could have also been called Jaws of Life and succeeded perhaps even more than it did? 
Oh yeah, easily. So you're thinking of the poster. Uh, you, you, the visual artist, are thinking of the poster that says Jaws in iconic block lettering with a shark looking up, about to eat a surfer, not actually mangling them, as in your artwork. Mm-hmm. But like, where are you gonna add? Oh, I, I struggle to ask this question. Where do you want to put the of life? Okay, of is actually going to be out of the swimmer. So the swimmer right there, like her body will form the O and the F. Maybe it's two swimmers. One oh, is like no. doing a somersault. Their bodies will form. Why are they doing a somersault on the surface of the ocean? I don't know. They're just uh, they're just doing it. They're they're doing it to to just kind of have fun swimming. You've never just like been in a pool and done a somersault. This is not a pool. <laughs> well established fact about this movie. What is the difference between a pool and the ocean anyway? Really, I'm gonna see a shark before I jump in a pool. <laughs> Fair. Anyway, and then so <laughs> that's it. One point proof. So life is represented by seaweed coming up from the bottom. Not represented. It's spelled out. In seaweed. Yep. Where's the so the shark is now coming out of seaweed? Yes. In a much more threatening way than previously when it was coming out of an abyss. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Jaws of life, everybody. Hit me up, Hollywood. Yeah, please. <laughs> you know, let's let's see this made. Apparently, uh, anything gets made these days. So, <laughs> go for it. Josh, how much would you sell this idea for? If you had to, you could, you only could give one number one time. It doesn't matter what happens with this property. You have to tell me one number for this idea. So this is not a guarantee that I get paid. This is me putting a price tag on it, right? Because if it's guarantee, then like you know, a hundred million dollars or whatever. But how how could I guarantee you a hundred million? <laughs> well, you can't. So if I'm just putting a price tag on it, I like how you asked to clarify just in case I'd come into some money, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I would. Wait, so, so are you are you actually going to buy this idea off of me live live on radio for a hundred million dollars? I'll take it. <laughs> I would. S- I would turn that shit into a billion dollar franchise just to spite you, Josh. I will sell this idea for fifty dollars. You'll give up the rights to Jaws of Life for fifty dollars. Yes, and it's not about the money. It's about getting a writing. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> it's about getting a writing credit in Hollywood. My name would be on IMDb. No, 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 no. You're selling an idea. You're not selling a script. Well, I mean, if you can write a script and also sell it for fifty dollars, sure. <laughs> well, okay, so maybe not a writing credit, but usually it's like you know created by blank. Mm, how about we say the other one, the one where they're like trying to be a little bit dickish to the people who came up with the idea? What's the other one? What is it? It's it's based on the something something novels by whatever they give the novels more credit than the author oh you never seen that shit it's like a little backhand yeah it's like yeah i don't really like you i just like your shit so leave me alone (laughs) yeah i i would be okay with something like that i think based on the blank blank by josh harrison so what is the blank blank or many blanks based on the aquatic octology by josh harrison i'm writing eight books all with really bad tie-ins to uh, Bodies of Water. Dude, you didn't even want to write one script. Now you're writing eight I, books I so they can base this idea off of it? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, so here. What if 
if someone offers you $50 before you finish writing, let's say, one of these books, because that's the that's the likelihood, yeah. are you going to take that money and then just lose the credit? No, because I'm doing it for the credit. <laughs> so this idea is locked. No one's ever going to get it. You're never going to write these books. I could, I, Why am I being so negative? Okay, give me give me a real plan. A real plan, Josh, of these shark books you're going to write. They're not all about sharks. Calm down. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, why did I ask? I don't know. The aquatic, what is it, octology? Yeah, the octology. And the eighth book is going to be about the octopus, of course. Let's see. Uh, there's going to be one about the stingray. That's... Uh... Any movie tie-ins there or no? Uh, do you remember what you're doing? I do, I do. Uh, so the movie tie-in there is... Because earlier I think you said you needed tie-ins to bodies of water, and I want to remind you that that's not the case here. Yeah, well, so there's that classic movie, The Sting. So, um... Oh no, he's going to ruin The Sting? <laughs> <laughs> um, Shit. Let's see, uh, well, help me not ruin it. What title could I... I'm so, so sorry, Paul Newman, and your estate. (laughs) Okay, uh, so so there's that one. We'll come back to a title on that one. I'm just telling you, like, the main plot, what it centers around. Yeah, you get one more movie, and then we're going to the next topic. Okay. Um... Mike likes manatees. Can you do anything with that? Let's see. The Fall of Manatee. I'm weirdly intrigued by that one. (laughs) Fuck. All right. Damn it. Here's thought number one. An alternative name for sound bars? Acoustics. (laughs) Sit with that. And here's thought number two. When I thought we were recording at 4 p.m., but we were actually recording at 6 p.m. Central Time because I forgot about the time zone, and I told my dad this information, he said, oh, good. So now you have time to organize the kitchen cabinets. <laughs> and I remembered that it doesn't matter how old you are. You'll always get put to work by your parents. <laughs> I mean, the key is not living with your parents, right? Well, I, I suppose at some point. But, like, I'll, I'll get out of here. I told you. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got a place already, I think. I don't want to jinx it. Yeah. Even though, like, we've had the conversation that I'll be living there still. Right, right, right. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I go home and i love seeing my parents but i've never been asked by them to organize the kitchen cabinets yeah but your parents are like so nice to you you don't deserve how nice they are to you (laughs) that might be i shouldn't say that i shouldn't say that it's not that you don't deserve it it's that you have no like baseline hang on hang on hang on hang on we have breaking news from europe courtesy of mike bogart we have breaking news yeah just shut up and we'll pipe it in what is it (laughs) Pipe it in. <laughs> Wait, this is pre-planned? <laughs> okay, okay, I won't say anything. Pipe it in, pipe it in. Mike Bogart here, international correspondent for uh, Instead of News, uh, Dublin Bureau. Here I am in Dublin, uh, just drank some pints, saw some saw some singing, um, ate some tagliatelle carbonara, Classic Dublin fare, uh, bacon, chicken, the works, all the things Dubliners love. Um, coming to you live from my twin bed in my apartment on some weird street. It's a very weird street. Uh, caught a lot of Pokemon out of here, guys. I caught a whole lot of Pokemon. They have, they have Mr. Mimes 
in London and they like like there just are no Mr. Mimes at home. There's nothing you can do. You can it's like London is a Mr. Mime nest. You can only get them in London as far as I know. And uh well, I got me a Mr. Mime. I got I I added to my Pokédex, let me tell you. That thing cre- creeping close to 200 now. Creeping close to 200. Nowhere near 450 really. Not not even half, but I'm getting there, you know. I haven't played in a while. Pokemon Go is a hard game. You need a lot of uh, gigs of data to spend on it. And frankly, I don't have that. So uh, I've been killing it on Pokemon Go on the Wi-Fi. Um, I saw Roach Poibus. Uh I ate some candy. Funny thing, they don't... So like chips, chips like Doritos. I saw one bag of Doritos. One. I saw a whole lot of fucking gummy candies, which I get beats me. Darn tootin', Londoners love gummies. Uh, so that's most of the news from Dublin. Uh, going to Scotland soon, so I can update you about Scotland at some point. Uh, we're gonna go to Belfast, Belfast, Northern Ireland, different country. Good to know. Uh, <laughs> some history there, uh, and that's that'll 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 about do it for instead of international Dublin edition. Back to you guys. I'll I'll count us back in since you've come up with this charade. Okay. Three, two, one. Wow, that was something. Thanks. What a what a piece of information, huh, Josh? Thanks, correspondent Bogart. Is it correspondent Mike or correspondent Bogart? It depends. Do you know this is this brings me back to a, a totally different topic? I don't like that dentists ask me to call them by their first name. You deserve more respect than that. Wait, I've never had a dentist ask to be called their first name. Yeah, dude. It's a new wave of dentists. But uh correspondent Mike makes him sound like a child and is definitely the one that gives him less, you know, gravitas. So um correspondent Mike, I think. Yeah, that's the one. Nice job, Correspondent Mike, on that story. Hey, it's in, in, entirely possible that you, you know, you sent in something that just totally flamed us, and as we're recording, pre-recording this reaction, uh, maybe uh, eggs on our face. But uh, if not, you know, enjoy that vacation, and uh, good work, egg on, Correspondent Mike. Egg on your face isn't terrible. I think the whole idea is that it's terrible. No, well, I realize that it's supposed to be, but like, I don't know. If I had an omelet thrown on my face, like that's food being thrown in my general direction. I'm just going to eat it. Really? Think of any food you like. Now imagine eating it. Now imagine someone throwing it at you and trying to eat it in that process. Hey, Josh, have some soup. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know. Sometimes you'll be like, hey, throw an M&M and let's see if I can catch it in my mouth. You do that all the time. I haven't done that in ages. I lost the skill, and I am too ashamed to admit it publicly, and now I have. But my point is that, like, if you want it to be a bad time, just don't make it food. No, it's specifically an omelet, dude. You can't take an omelet to the face and transition it into a bite as neatly as you think you can. And if you can, film it. (laughs) Well, I'm not going (laughs) to... No, come on. Let's do this. Let's do the omelet toss. I'm just saying that... The worst thing. That could be a whole new YouTube channel. <laughs> throwing like full meals at someone and watching them try to take a bite. Take a bite out of lime. 
Uh, so anyway, it would be like it's, a, it's not a crime show. I'm not gonna throw you limes. It doesn't make any sense. What I'm saying though is that if it was like if you had edible cocktails and that was your show, then maybe. Yeah. <laughs> my point is that if something is thrown at my face, getting it in my mouth accidentally could potentially be the worst part about that. But, like, if it's edible, then it's not so bad. If you want to throw, like, mud or sewage at my face and a little bit gets in my mouth, that's terrible. That's the worst part of my month, probably. But if it's a food item and that food gets in my mouth, not so bad. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you liked what you heard, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Spotify or wherever you listen. Uh, we'd also love if you shared the show with a friend. Um, you might want to hold off on that for the next like two weeks until Mike is back. May- or maybe not. Maybe you like the Tavern and Josh show. In which case, I, I don't know why. Uh, you can find us on the web at instead.fm if you've got listener questions or you want to tell us fun things or, or you know tell us what you like or don't like about the show you can tweet at us we're at instead of fm and we'll be back with a new uh absent mic episode i guess next week thanks for listening bye dude don't tell people not to listen <laughs> to the show Mike would have really enjoyed discussing this, but Josh, did you know that Denver has white fire trucks? No, that's wild. Like, isn't isn't that weird? They look like uh like ambulances. Um, no, fire trucks and ambulances are different vehicles. <laughs> well, sure, but an ambulance is white. Oh, you meant the paint job? Okay, I'm just like, did this guy hear me? <laughs> no, they're they're like they're more white. More white, I guess. Yeah, it's like a prominent. I would say in an ambulance, the white is kind of the background to the red stripes. Yeah, it's true. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I couldn't, for the life of me, I couldn't figure it out. Do you think it has any sort of benefit? I don't know. Not really. I think if anything, it it hurts them because uh, everywhere else, you you know what a fire truck looks like. It's red. That's the first adjective that you would use to describe a fire truck. Yeah, but don't only the people who are not from everywhere else need to know what the fire trucks look like? No, because at any given point, Denver's a big populated city. You're going to have a bunch of tourists in there at any time. Everybody needs to know what a fire truck looks like. That's why a stop sign looks the same anywhere in the world you go. Like, it has different wording, but it's always a red octagon. You know, I'm going to blow your mind a little bit. It turns out the shape and form of the fire truck is much more telling than just the color of the vehicle. So here, this is the most obvious instead of you get one chance to repaint Denver's fire trucks. Not any fire truck. Denver's fire trucks. What do you repaint it as? Hmm. I would repaint it. I would start with a red paint job. Just go all over, make it look like every old fire truck that you've ever seen. But then... I'll do uh, a second, third, and fourth paint job with, like, streaks of orange and yellow and, like, the white-hot center of a flame and basically make them look like moving fire, which should be scary to anybody around so that you would get out of the way faster. 
Damn. Okay, so you just like really went in on the existing theme. But like I don't think that's why they were painted red. They were painted red for like red just means alert. But I don't think so, man, cuz here's what I would do if I'm painting fire trucks. I want to be <laughs> I want to be the change that I want to see in the world. So I want my fire truck <laughs> to look like water, man. Okay. It's a water truck. It's not a fire truck. I'm not bringing you death. <laughs> like I'm trying to solve the fire. That's true. Make them blue. Really like go let's change people's minds. Okay. Go Denver Fire de- Go Denver Water Department. Damn it, that's probably an existing utilities department. <laughs> hey, can you guys swap names? I know that the water department likely doesn't do anything with fire, but it's I'm working one step at a time here.